right, everybody, welcome back to your favorite sports podcast hosted by your two favorite bearded dudes. You've got me, Lane. You've got Jordan. Bye, 2020. Bye, bye Felicia. It's officially. We don't. You don't work here no more. (laughs) It's officially 2021. We're back for a whole new year to break down all things Michigan sports related as well as high school sports. Uh, we hope you had a very wonderful holiday season. Uh, we, I know I can speak for myself, and I believe I can speak for Jordan, say it was very relaxing and very much needed. So, yeah, I drank quite a bit of whiskey in my time off because I had some time off from work too. So, See, that sounds perfect. I played a lot of video games, so I was in, I was in seventh heaven. There you go. Um, so with that, uh, before we really dive into the meat and potatoes this week, uh, thank you guys again, like I said, for tuning in, listening to us. Uh, follow us on all of your favorite social media networks, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we've actually grown pretty decently good Instagram following, uh, so that's pretty sweet. So thank you guys for that. Um, and if you guys haven't yet, make sure you check out Watershed Voice. Uh, the last real lengthy episode you heard from us on was with me and Alec doing our NBA, uh, I guess, pre-tip-off predictions, which that was a lot of fun. Um, So yeah, make sure you guys check out Watershed Voice. Very good local news network that's just trying to incorporate a whole lot of different voices within our community. Um, Even if you're not somebody who is a journalist or if you have a journalist background, but you want to start you know, maybe writing some articles or something like that. Watershed Voice is one hell of a way to get there. Um, and there's also, if you haven't subscribed to them yet, make sure you check them out. I believe it's as low as six and a half bucks a month uh, and on up. So a whole bunch of good content that you get with that six and a half bucks a month. I mean, Jordan, you and I talk about it. I mean, that's what, two, three double cheeseburgers a month? I mean, we, I, we can pitch that out. It's tough. I mean, you know, being a fat man, I do enjoy my double cheeseburger, but it's 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 money well saved. Money well saved. This put on Watershed Voice. Uh, so yeah. so with that, um, just going to preview the show a little bit. Uh, we're going to talk some high school football. Uh, the MH MHSAA that always ties you. It up. does. <laughs> I don't know why, man. Just gets you every time. Gets me every time. Um, they are allowing football, so we have our regional playoff preview. Uh, with the lo- two local teams left, the Constantine Falcons taking on Michigan Center and Centerville taking on Sand Creek, which Jordan has some information on one of these matchups, if you want to stay tuned for that. Uh, we're going to recap the past couple of weeks that was Michigan State and Michigan basketball, one team going in the right direction quickly, the other team going south pretty quickly. Um, and then lastly, we're going to break down the Lions. Thank God it's all over. Um, and we're going <laughs> we're gonna to talk about uh, the six positions that are out there for head coaches, which ones kind of look to be the most ideal, which ones kind of don't. And then we're just going to talk about the Lions, kind of talk about maybe our dream hire for a GM slash coach, and then probably who we'll actually end up with. Um, and then we'll just close this puppy up. So with that, Jordan, why don't we go ahead and talk some? Uh, let's talk some high school football. Yeah, because it's finally back. These kids are getting a chance to fulfill their childhood dreams and make their final push for a state title. 
we do have two local teams that, like, you know, if you guys have been here with us, we we both talked about it as the high school season was going that we really felt like Centerville and Constantine were two teams that were just on a crash course to get to that state championship game. And then the COVID spike hit again. And you just felt for all these kids that had worked so hard. Anybody that's played sports know, you know, a lot of these kids that the high school level is the last chance they're going to get to play. So you just hate to see it ripped away from them. So it's, it's great. These kids get a chance to make that last little push. And we got a couple really good games ahead of us here. Yeah. That's, it's going to be fun this weekend. Yep. So let's start out. We'll go in order. These times have changed and the sites have moved and things have gone crazy in the last few days. But in the most recent updated information I got, which was about 13 minutes ago. So it's pretty fresh. Uh, we'll start with Constantine as they are playing. Uh, what do we say? Michigan Center, mm-hmm. the Cardinals, who are six and one. Uh, they've rattled off six in a row. Obviously, the whole momentum thing is a much different situation now with everybody having about a month or two off here. But uh, this game will take place two o'clock Saturday at Gull Lake High School. Um, you got to feel like Constantine is maybe a slight favorite in this game. Uh, the Falcons have really been rolling points up and. If there's anything I know about Constantine, it's that they're a program that's built on doing everything the same all the time. And when you do that, it's easy to take a break and come back to it and still be able to do it again. Yeah, so Absolutely. So it'd be a good one to look forward to. Two o'clock Saturday at Gull Lake. Uh, Falcons take on the Cardinals of Michigan. Saturday. And I think the weather this weekend is, I mean, it's January, so it's going to be stinking cold, but. Looks like it's partly sunny in 32, so, I mean, you'd imagine that it's going to be hopefully clean. Does Gull Lake have turf? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, they'll be clean, so that'll be that'll be interesting. Should be a good conditions to rack up a lot of yeah, rushing yards. It kind of feels like it suits Constantine this, this weekend. Yep. So, then our other game we have is Centerville Bulldogs, 430. They'll be playing this game at... Portage Central High School and their new stadium, which is also true. Have turf. you seen that stadium? That we take. Oh my gosh! You, how can you oh miss it? Oh my god! Beautiful. <laughs> you drive into the, you get into Portage and look off to your to your right on West, and just like, oh my god, yeah, it's massive. Uh, so yeah, they take on the Sand Creek Aggies, who also who come in at eight and one. Uh, Sand Creek put a couple of blowouts in early, 54 nothing, 60 to nothing, and then they had a battle in their last game against an Addison. They won 36-32, and when I read the uh, preview for this game, it said that they had won that game on a last-second play, a last-second pass to, to win the game. So they, they really uh, they were living on a prayer there and had it answered. So the Bulldogs, again, have another tough test here. With, with the Aggies at 8-1. and one. But the one thing that Lane had mentioned is I do have a little bit of information. And I know that the game, the time of this game was moved because Centerville is dealing with some COVID issues. But it sounds like they moved this game to Saturday and they pushed the time back because given all the contact tracing and everything, they're supposed to be good at that time. So... Don't have a whole lot more detail than that. I know they're dealing with some COVID issues. So, you know, these kids have been off for, what, two months as it is. And then you have some guys who may not have been able to practice to 
to help sal- salvage this game. So it'll be interesting to see what the Bulldogs are, are looking like when they try it out there. But you got to think if they're full strength and everybody's playing, you got to think they're the favorite here after what they did to, to the reading team that was back to back champs. So, I mean, yeah, I'm right there with you, Jordan. I mean, and, and I'm just looking at the bracket right now, whoever wins this game is line up against either iron mountain, which iron mountain's been putting a hurting on some teams. Uh, couple months ago or Johannesburg Lewiston who has been cutting it pretty close throughout the uh, playoffs. So it's, it's going to be interesting, man. I'm ready to, I'm ready to see how our local boys do and and where they end up. Yeah. We're wishing them best of luck for sure. Be great to see a couple St. Joe County teams keep moving on. And like we said, get that, get that state title. Absolutely. You boys are hungry. Go get it. Yep, they've earned they they've earned this. They deserve this shot. Let's hope that these two teams can go out there and put a hurt on. Amen. Boys. So I don't know. I think those are the two big things. There's no volleyball matchups for our area. I know Schoolcraft volleyball is still going, but that's not St. Joe County, so we're going to leave them alone for now. Did you have anything else local wise you want to hit on, or should we take a quick break and talk some college? No, basketball? I'm good, man. I'm I think we're ready to talk some college basketball. All right, we will be right back after these non-commercial break. And we're back from our quick commercial break, and it's time for Jordan to break down some college basketball for the past uh, couple weeks. That was for Michigan State and Michigan. So, uh, Jordan, let's, uh, let's hear. What do, you got, what do you got to talk about for Michigan State? Yeah, I mean it's been uh it's been an eventful I mean what, it's been twenty days ish since we last talked about this kind of stuff. So I mean it's been uh <laughs> it's been quite the time in the college basketball realm, especially Michigan, Michigan State, you know. Uh let's you know what, let's do Michigan State first. Because by the time this is uploaded and everybody listens to it, they will have already played tonight. Michigan plays tomorrow. We record on Tuesdays, just so everybody's aware. So let's do Michigan State first, and then we'll do Michigan after that. So to recap, Michigan State, uh, well, they've had four games since we last talked. They have gone one and three in those four games. They have, for lack of a better term, looked abysmal in a lot of it. Uh, They go to Northwestern and get smacked by 14. They have Wisconsin come into Breslin and win by nine in a game that really wasn't even that close. Michigan State kind of scratched back late. And then they go to Minnesota and get absolutely run. I mean, that final was 81-56. And then just uh, this past Saturday, they go to Nebraska and finally get a win by seven against a Nebraska team that is the worst team in the Big Ten and it's not close. And I didn't get a ton of eyes on that game uh, for whatever reason. I think it was – oh, I know why, because that was interfering with the college football player. There you go. <laughs> yeah, so – but there's a lot of questions right now with Michigan State. They have a lot of problems. Um, they aren't the typical early season Izzo problems that you would normally see. Like, you know, normally there's some inconsistencies and guys just aren't clicking and, you know, dumb mistakes are happening that you expect with the Michigan State teams early in the year. These are identity issues. 
Like, they don't have a point guard. They don't have a center. Um, Rocket Watts, which was the hope to be the point guard, basically went to Izzo and said, I want to go back to playing the two because his confidence is just so destroyed. So they started A.J. Hogard against Nebraska, and I guess that was a little better, but you still only beat a bad Nebraska team by seven. Um. Michigan State's got issues. Uh, I don't. I don't know if these are easily correctable issues. I guess we will see. It's going to really fall on guys like Aaron Henry. It's going to fall on guys like Joey Hauser, uh, Rocket Watts, Joshua Langford. They're going to have to step up and start playing better. Flat out, point blank, into the period. I mean, that's it. Because they've they've looked bad. I mean, there's there's not another way to put it. Uh, but there's one thing we do know is that they do have Tom Izzo and he is a hall of fame coach. And if there's anything he's good at doing, it's rallying late season and getting his guys to, to where they need to be for the tournament. But if things don't change and quickly, there might not be a tournament for this team. And that's crazy to say, I mean, it's 20 something years in a row. They've been to the tournament. But the Big Ten doesn't give you any breaks. You know, you don't have there, – there's no breaks in this. There's there's 14 teams in the conference, and 12 of them are ranked in the top 50 in Ken mm-hmm. And you've lost to one that's outside of that and barely beat the other one that's outside of that. So their schedule's not getting any easier. It's, uh, it's really awkward to say, but being the first week of January, but you feel like this week, if they go 0-2 – the NCAA tournament is almost a done deal. They're not going to make it. I mean, to be sitting at, what would they be then? They would be one and five in the league. And overall, so that put them at seven and six mm-hmm. in the league. If that if you're, that's, that's a bad place to be in, needing to win a lot of games down the stretch. I don't. This league is not a league where you're going to rattle off six, seven wins in a row. It's just not going to happen. No, not at all. So I don't know. Have you got any eyes on the Spartans this uh, year? No, not, really? not too much. I mean, from what I have read, is like you said, it, it's very much as an identity issue. Um, again, it just seems like our lineups are different every night. Just still trying to figure out what we are, who we are, and I mean, I think in this COVID world, I think not having the fans. Um, is a big issue for this team. Sure. Um, But yeah, like, I mean, I think this also is showing how reliant we were on Xavier Tillman and Cassius Winston for the past two years. Uh, You couldn't say more, more truthful words there. I think if you could pull Michigan state fans and this might be crazy to say, but I bet you the overwhelming majority of them would say that they would, they would kill to have Xavier Tillman back over Cassius Winston. Yeah. Oh yeah. We need that size. Cause what that guy did for this team on defense, and he just kind of he played he played middle linebacker for mm-hmm. that defense. You know he called he was he was just he's the perfect glue guy for that team. I think he would completely change it. But the, the simple fact is you don't have him, and you got to find something. Yeah, exactly. And I mean they I mean it, it sounds like Matty Cisco they try to, but it's just not there yet. So I mean it's 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 a mystery with this state team this year. I mean it you hope that they don't get themselves in a deep hole. But when you look at the schedule this next, you say week, I mean, it's, it's not pretty. And 
I mean, rough. Rutgers tonight, uh, Purdue Friday, and then at Iowa next Thursday. That's that's not easy. And I mean, let's keep in mind Rutgers is fifteenth. Purdue is always a a hard team to play, and then Iowa's fifth. So I mean, it that can be easy. I mean, four of their next six are ranked yeah. Teams. And like you said, it, in this league this year, it's going to be extremely difficult to rattle off six games in a row. So it, you said this yeah. team right now, I would put on the bubble. I mean, I would say they need to be a little worried. Yeah, especially when you figure the thing that they had to hang their hat on was a Duke mm-hmm. win. But Duke Duke doesn't look no, good No, Duke's right going now. in the right direction. You know, how, how good is that Duke win going to look on Selection Sunday? We don't know. Hell, they're not exactly. even playing. So I don't know. A lot of things to figure out in East Lansing. We'll find out tonight. I ain't gonna watch that because that game don't start till nine, and I get up at four. You need your nappy, but we'll find. Yeah, there. That's a that's a tough matchup for them because you got a Rutgers team that's very very physical. Um, it's gonna be a tough one. It, it, I think Michigan State has got to beat Rutgers or Purdue this week because they got Purdue Friday night. If they can't get one of those, I think they're in a world. I'm with you, man. So. Uh, well, I guess on that note, let's go to the other end of the spectrum because the the Michigan Wolverines are off to a blazing hot start. They improved to nine and zero. They are ranked number ten in the country at Ken Palm and in the AP poll. They, since we last talked, have what is that? Eleven point win at Nebraska, an eleven point win at Maryland, and a nineteen point win against Northwestern. So, obviously, the three wins in conference are the lower end of the Big Ten, and that's the big thing about Michigan right now. The schedule to this point that they've played isn't as great, but on that note, they are undefeated. They've They've beat everybody that has been put in front of them. And in a Big Ten, like we've mentioned, that is so tough, that's important. You know, you've, you've got to win those games at Nebraska. You've got to win those games against Northwestern. you got to win those games at Maryland because those are the games that those teams are going to steal because Maryland's already beat Wisconsin on the road. Northwestern, we just talked about, beat Michigan State. Like, those teams are going to steal games. You can't be a team that gets a game stolen by those teams. So, all intents and purposes, this Michigan team has looked extremely good, and it's felt like they've gotten better and better. Um, The addition of Hunter Dickinson to this team is just, like, impressive. He, you know, against Northwestern Sunday, scores 19 points, and you would have never known that he was the leading scorer in that game. Like, it was just a totally different game. And Michigan has looked – they've looked so versatile. They've been able to beat you in many different ways. They can throw it on the block, and Dickinson can get 20 to 25, or they can knock down 12 threes because they have shooters all over the place. They can get into a track meet and score 80 to 85 points, or they can beat you 62-58 like they did Penn State a few weeks ago. So that's a good sign early on. Like we said, the schedule hasn't been tough, at least by comparison. It's going to get a whole hell of a lot tougher really fast. But you've got to beat the people that are in front of you. And like we said, you can't lose those those sneaker games, and they've, they've won them so far. Like I said, it gets a lot tougher tomorrow night. They play Minnesota at home. Minnesota's been damn good this year so far. So that'll be their first real true test of the season. 
Wasn't it? Wasn't it? Davis said, "Just win, baby." I mean that. That's all I gotta yeah. do, just win. Yeah, that's and that's all you can do. You can just, you just got to keep beating the teams that are put in front of you. Uh, you know, Michigan stretch isn't any easy. They got Minnesota, Penn State, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Maryland. So I mean, it's there's no easy games. Like you said, there's twelve of the fourteen teams are ranked in the top fifty at Ken Palm. So you're not gonna get days. You're not gonna get long. Breaks. No, there's no gimmies this time around. Uh, yeah. So like I said, this week you got tomorrow night. By the time you're hearing this, it'll be today because Wednesday night, Minnesota at home. And then Saturday, uh, Penn State at, at Penn State because I already played them at home. The following week was, um, was a little bit a uh, little bit tougher contest too. We'll see. So schedule doesn't get any easier uh, for sure, but I don't know. you. I know you don't watch a ton of college basketball. If you had to pick right now, who do you think wins the conference? Oof. Um... I don't – I mean, the way Michigan's rolling, I think Michigan's got to be up there. I mean, I still think Iowa is probably the team to beat. Um, but also, I, I mean, I think right now it's like a three- or a four-team race in all reality. Um, I like Iowa really leading the pack. I do like Wisconsin. I do like Michigan. And I do, I do like Illinois in there. I think – I think those are the cream of the crop right now in the Big Ten. And then I think you have everybody else kind of just battling for middle ground. I think there's legitimately six teams that can win the conference. Now, the four you named, and I think right now you have to throw Rutgers and you have to throw Minnesota in that mix because they've both played well enough to this point to show that they can can contend. We'll see. I said, long way to go. Uh, Minnesota, Michigan play twice in the next two weeks. That'll totally, that could totally change our outlook on it. I mean, one of those two teams could win them both, and then the other one's slipping down the line, the, the rankings. But this is a season where, I mean, if you can get to twelve or thirteen conference wins, you're yeah. you're sitting pretty. So it's going to be a fun season. It's in full tilt. Uh, we just all roads push into March now. We've seen they have a pseudo controlled environment now for Indy for the tournament, which is a great decision. So looking forward to the, the college basketball. Very much so. so I think with that, probably all we really need to touch on with college basketball. I'm going to give you guys a quick little disclaimer here. We are not talking college football and we are not talking the Michigan coaching saga right now because at 615, Tuesday night, there has been absolutely nothing definite said about anything with Michigan football, and I'm not getting into that until there's ink on a piece of paper. So if something happens with Jim Harbaugh, whether he signs or doesn't sign or whatever, I will come back on here and give you guys an emergency pod, and I'll go over it. Maybe if Lane's not busy, we can both do it. We'll see when it happens, but I'm not getting into that realm right now because there's just too many theories out there. It's just not worth the time because by the time you listen to this, it's going to be 100%. And spoiler, you might hear one of those theories in this next segment here. So, Well, see, there you go. So, All right, let's take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about everything Lions, coaching searches, home run hires, pee down your leg hires, everything. So just a couple minutes, we'll be right back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. It's time 
to let things get depressing, as Lane likes to say, because we are going to talk about the Lions. Um, we're going to discuss a little bit of GM coaching news. I think Lane might even talk a little bit about their like most recent loss and just kind of where we want to see or what we expect to see going forward here. So, Lane, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just throw it right over to you and let you go, and I'm going to just interject as I find pieces to interject with. All right. I like it. So we'll just uh, we'll just start off with the Lions this past weekend. Uh, a disappointing loss to the Minnesota Vikings was in a game that you really wanted to win. If you wanted good draft stock, uh, you would have dropped to, I believe, 13th from top anywhere from five, six or seven to 13. It's not a not a pretty situation. Um, again, it's the same story, though, with the Lions. The referees, for whatever reason, hate this Detroit Lions. Um, Tracy Walker gets probably one of the worst roughing the passer calls I think I have ever seen in playing or playing football, watching football my entire life. It's just insanity. And the excuse was they said he put his full body weight on Kirk Cousins, which when you have even heads of officiating coming out and saying, yeah, you got that wrong. And ultimately that was one of the calls that ultimately lost him the game. Um, another one was very reminiscent for the Lions. Marvin Jones gets a touchdown in the end zone, and they call it incomplete when he maintained possession, uh, which that also could have helped push them over the edge. Um, so, I mean, I'm not going to talk too much more on the Lions for this season. Uh, we saw what it was. Matt Patricia, I think, really held this team back. Uh, Daryl Bevel really let Matt Stafford be Matt Stafford. Um the past couple weeks, though, it's been kind of a dumpster fire because he had Braden Combs gets fired from the team um, <laughs> because he went rogue. Which and I can respect that. I mean, oh, I can respect that too because it at the other side of the coin, if he would have converted the first down, they would have been praising him. So for a gutsy call, so it's just this this team, right? This. That this team to close the season was a dumpster fire, but there is some positivity coming for the Lions, I feel like. Um, but before I really dive too deep into that, um, as of 625 Tuesday night, there are only six head coaching jobs in the NFL that are currently open. That is the Falcons, the Texans, the Jets, the Chargers, in the Jags, and then you add the Lions into that mix. Um, and one thing that I kind of asked Jordan about was and your thoughts and my thoughts on what location is the most ideal for a head coaching candidate right now. Um, and in my opinion, I think the most ideal yep. location is the LA Chargers. Um, I think with them really kind of pulling the, the trigger on letting go uh, Coach Lynn was pretty surprising considering, I mean, they they were just a game under 500, um, started a rookie quarterback, and by all intents and purposes, Justin Herbert should be your rookie of the year. Um, and speaking on that, they have 
coming into the season, they have eight first round, they have eight total draft picks plus Justin Herbert. So you have your, your future QB for the next 10 years. They're young, they're athletic, their defense plays lights out. I, as a head coaching candidate and as the rest of the league looking for coaches, I'd be worried that your guy, you're not going to get your guy. Um, I think there's some bigger names that maybe the Lions kind of hoped that we would end up with that I could see going to L.A. now just because of the talent, the money, the atmosphere, everything they have going for them, not to mention they have a brand-new stadium. I think the Chargers so is the ideal situation there? right now. Who do you think Who do you think the Chargers want? Who's 1A? I think 1A hmm. is Eric Bieniemy. Because I think that athletic-style offense he has, and you have Austin Eckler, who is an absolute monster in the run game and passing game. You've got Herbert, stupid athletic. I think if you're the Chargers, it would have to be Eric Bieniemy and just bring in a good defensive coordinator. My only concern and you're in good is shape. how much of what he is is Andy Reid. Well, and that's and that's the other thing is then how much of that is Andy Reid? How much of it is it you have a once in a generational type talent in Patrick Mahomes? You have the cheetah, Tyreek Hill. You have the best tight end, maybe, maybe the league seen ever in Travis Kelsey. Um, I mean, he's got the tools around him. I mean, there's a there's several coaching names out there right now that are being thrown out there for the Lions and the Chargers and all over the board that <clears throat> there are some very big glaring oh, asterisks sure. next to their name. And I would agree. I think the enemy is one of them. Um, so, Jordan, if you had to pick a team that you think would be the most oh, ideal to take over, Chargers. what one do you think it would be? For everything that you just said? And the fact that you're in Southern California and the weather's always nice. Yeah. Yeah. Low, yeah coldest you're going to get, what, 65? Right. I mean, yeah, Herbert, Eckler, That's Keenan that. Allen. Here. I mean, all the draft picks, just everything about that says, yes, this is the gig. And the, the big question I have then is if, the, if you're the Chargers, is you obviously made this move expecting that you had a big name in mind. So you would think that they would know who they want, would target them early, and go get them early. But we'll see, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess if I had a a one B, um, I would say the Jags are also way up there. Now, if you've read a lot of the Twitter tea leaves, um, like I've been following, it already sounds like they've got their guy, um, and that guy's Urban Meyer. Um, he's already told people in his close circle he expects to be the head coach after Marone was fired, which Marone was fired Sunday. Um, to me, I think the most significant thing that takes place if Urban Meyer is the head coaching is is the draft because Jags are picking number one, and the whole time they were predicted to take Trevor Lawrence. What's the day well, let's take remember, his guy he wasn't Fields. there when Justin Fields was there. Ryan Day brought in Justin Fields. True. Very true. But he has a very good contact yep. in Ryan Day. So have you heard that that's like – it's going that way? Because the last that I had heard is he said he wanted $12 million. That was the only way he'd even entertain it. 
see, and I had seen the 12 million too, but the reason why I say I think it would happen is because out of all the teams that have the money to spend, but did you see what their the owner said? Yeah, that he wants, like, no matter who their GM's going to be, the G- he's still going to Do you think Urban's okay with not calls. having that kind of control? He just doesn't seem to me as a guy that's okay with no control. You know, it's interesting to me because, I mean, if kind of going off on a little side venture here, the Khan family is also involved with AEW, which is a new upstart wrestling organization, and they've been very open and receptive to their talent. So I would imagine he would take that with him. Um, but I don't know. I, I mean, I think, I don't know. It depends on what kind of role Urban wants. I can't imagine Urban would walk in and be fine being told who he's going to draft and who he's going to hire. And I can't imagine that being a situation right. he would so want let me to throw, walk into. Before we get too far into the lines here, because I know that's, I'm pretty sure that's next. Let me throw a scenario at you here, and I want to see what you what you think. So the Jags and Urban Meyer doesn't happen for whatever reason, whatever the mm-hmm. difference is. What if the Jags made the big move and hired Ryan Day away from Ohio State? I mean, look at what Cliff Kingsbury has done in the NFL with his guy, Kyler Murray, and his success in college, which wasn't very good, versus Ryan Day, who is an extremely good play caller. And then he could get his guy, Mm -hmm. Justin Fields, at one and be set up with what he wanted down there. I mean, if, if you're a college coach and you're wanting to join a team, why not get the guy that you have the good rapport with and say, okay, give me, give me six years to yeah. take with this guy and let's see what we can do. Cause like I said, he's an excellent play caller. I mean, Jacksonville offensively no. is really not that far off. They've got great wide receivers. They've got a stud and a steal and a running back in James Robinson. Their offensive line isn't the best, and their tight end play is horrible. But defensively, they've got the pass rushing. Yeah. Now and that's they the just stuff you can address sports. in the next couple of years. Yeah, because they have they have ten yeah, picks in this draft. I just I just think it's intriguing because of and they have, like, like you've seen Dan Mullins interviewing for jobs and then Cliff Kingsbury. We always heard the Lincoln Riley talks, but I've always wondered why not Ryan Day. He's in my opinion just as good as, if not a better play caller than Lincoln Riley. Yeah, no, I agree. And another name actually that's he's been interviewed for one job, one don't know which one. Really, PJ Fleck. Don't know where. Yeah, yeah he's been interviewed. Which to me, I think that enthusiasm would be yeah, way too much. The NFL. Thanks. Yeah, I think I think he would get one or two good seasons in, and then when things start to go foul, yeah, his whole role of thing really don't work in the league. No. All right, absolutely. so let's go on the Lions. Let's talk about Lions. So, all right, so. I've got here what my dream hire for a GM slash coach would be. And it's one, it's a rumor that's really kind of uh, picked up steam here in this past weekend. Uh, breaking was that the Lions are targeting uh, GM and the executive VP of the Seahawks, John Snyder. Um, and if you're not familiar with John Snyder, 
he's the one to help bring the Legion of Boom into Seattle, helped bring Russell Wilson, and really just helped bring Pete Carroll and just brought this bevy of talent and enthusiasm to Seattle football that really was something that was severely lacking uh, for a team that was really in the bottom of the NFC West. Um, for me, I think that's a dream. I don't think it will happen because it's going to cost you draft picks, and the Lions only have Why five would that cost you draft right picks? Because he was, he's still signed to their to a contract, oh. so it could potentially cost you draft picks. I don't know what the rule is, but it could potentially cost you draft picks. Mm-hmm. And then tagging along with that is that you poach Pete Carroll oh. with you um, from, which I think would be a dream scenario, um, but that's never going to happen. That's why it's a dream. Um, realistically, starting with GM. Um, if you're also reading now that there's talk that the Lions might poach Kevin Colbert from the Steelers, um, he's got a history with the Lions in the 90s. Um, I don't think that happens, but I think realistically, I think you see it come down to two guys, and I think it's uh, former GM for the Falcons, Thomas Dmitrioff, or you see Texans GM Rick Smith. Uh, former GM Rick Smith. Now, Rick Smith wasn't fired. Rick Smith quit before it got bad um, for the Texans. Um, what's interesting, though, is that Rod Wood today said that if they get a head coaching candidate that they interview that they want, they're not going to wait for a GM. They're going to hire him. So that's kind of an interesting kind of backwards approach to the way the NFL kind of does things. Um. But at this point, I mean, if you've got your guy, you know what he's selling and you want it, go get him. Especially now in this competitive market when you have some very good candidates, some very good locations out there. Um, I think you got to go get it. And I think that name that you have to go and get right now is, and it, I've warmed to the thought, and it, it's funny because you and I have kind of talked about experience. The first one with experience mm. is Marvin Lewis. I've warmed to that thought. And the reason I've warmed to that thought is because in all reality, Marvin Lewis was not a bad coach at Bengals. Yes, he, they couldn't get over pump with Carson Palmer, but you could also argue that their GM was a dumpster in his entire temp- tenure. Um, I think Marvin Lewis brings respect. I think he knows how to work with veteran quarterbacks, which I think if Matt Stafford doesn't retire, I think he'll be the future. I don't think Matt Stafford's getting traded. I think there's way too much money in dead cap for that to happen. I think Matt Stafford would retire before getting traded, which the way he got beat up this year, I don't think is out of the question. Um, and then the second name is, which is a favorite in the state of Michigan, is Coach Sala from San Francisco. Uh, he led a defense that was absolutely gutted from injuries. Um, one of the sixth best ranked defense in the league this year. In a pretty competitive NFC West where you face the Cardinals, the Rams, and the Seahawks twice. Um, I think right now Robert Sala, uh, Sala is the favorite. Um, I would like to see whoever gets hired keep Daryl Bevel as the offensive coordinator. Because I do think he has that rapport with his guys. Um, 
but we'll see what happens. I mean, there's some other names being thrown out there. Uh, another I know favorite is Tennessee's coordinator, Arthur Smith. Um, for me, Arthur Smith, I think a lot of him is Derrick Henry. I think it helps that you have a running back that's 6'4 and can run a 4'4", 40, and it's 440 pounds. Yeah, they say that helps. Um, yeah, that helps a lot, and especially when you're – your entire premise to your offense is give Derek the ball. If you're not giving Derek the ball, do play action to Derek so that we can get our two stud wide receivers open. So, I mean, to me, I think, and I think you're going to get the, I think you're going to get an answer here soon. I mean, you have to wait for a name like Eric, the enemy because of the playoffs. Uh, Same with Arthur Smith. Uh, Dan Campbell from the saints has been thrown out there, but I think if they really want coach Sala, they're going to make the announcement and they're going to make it soon. Um, fingers crossed. I hope we see Tom's Dimitrioff and Salah together. I think that would be a very good combo. But I also thought Matt Patricia was going to be a good combo, and he ran that program. Into see, it. and that's where I worry because you have Salah. It's essentially the same thing as what Patricia was. I mean, Patricia was at the Patriots, led a lot of these good defenses, was regarded as this great defensive mind, and then he came in here with no head coaching experience. And couldn't relate to people outside of where he was at and just did a shit job as a head coach. Yeah. And, you know, I agree with that. I, and I understand where you're coming from. But I'm thinking the one thing you're hearing is it's not only San Francisco players, but a lot of players around the league are praising Coach Sala as opposed to um, And, I mean, looking back, I think the red flags were there for Patricia. And I think we just ignored them. And I'm leaning like personality red, red flag. Um, but no, I, I understand where you're coming from. And that's why I think Marvin Lewis has to be one of them that's being considered um, just because of that experience. But who knows? We could get to next week and they could pull the shocker and hire Ryan. Day. Me, if, you're mean, going with Mar- if you're going with a guy like Marvin Lewis, you might as well throw a shitload of money at Jim Harbaugh. See, and I, I think that's a bigger splash yeah. than Marvin Lewis. Well, and then speaking of Harbaugh, which, <laughs> spoiler, this is what we're going to talk real quickly, real briefly about. Uh, that the rumor this weekend, which was started on a chat board, and then a Detroit, I guess, freelance art writer picked it up as a legit article and I ran with it, is that Jim Harbaugh is expected to sign a John Gruden-esque type deal for the Lions. And immediately I saw that, and I texted Jordan and thought, holy shit, no, 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 God, no. Um, to me, any coach, and this is any coach, if you give somebody a 10-year, $100 million type deal, like you're – you're taking a chance of it. You're yeah. You're getting an opportunity to get the culture you want, but you're also getting the culture on the back, the side of it on the back end of that deal that he could burn that culture down sure. pretty damn quick. Um, I don't know, Jordan. You, I mean, you weren't as wound up about it as I was because you're a little more faithful, a little more grounded in all things Michigan. If you, if say this was the Raiders, which you do have a coach in that situation, would you be okay? Doing a deal like for that for a coach. coach, yes, it has to be the coach. So it has to be like the Raiders. They said it, John Gruden was the guy they wanted. Like there was no questions about it. It was this is our guy. If it's your guy and you're a hundred percent, and it's the coach you want, 
like this is tier one a and there's no other one like it's tier six is below that then yes you can do that but you have got to be sure because these contracts Mm -hmm. i'm pretty sure these are guaranteed yeah i'm pretty sure that was guaranteed money so which is a lot of money. <laughs> I, and, and I don't think that Jim Harbaugh would take the Lions job right now. I do think that if it's not Michigan, it's the Chargers. But We'll see, man. That might be – that news might be breaking sooner yeah, we'll than we see. think. Um, if you ask me, I, I, I think it will be Robert Sala. I think that will be the decision that's made. The GM I want to see, and I don't think it's even in the talks anymore, but I love the idea of Lewis Riddick. Yeah, I, I really like Lewis, too. And I think, like you pointed out to me, I think he's somebody a lot of all eyes on the Lions the past few weeks. Um, I, I don't mind Lewis at all. I think he's he's somebody that's very professional, very cut to the point, but he's also somebody that can relate to the players That's what I was just going to say. His well. player relation would be the thing. He would be able to, to sit down and like get into with these players. Exactly. And if... And if you listen to Chris Spielman, um, who is helping Lions in their GM search, he said he wants somebody that can relate to his players. Um, And he wants to build a winning culture with the GM and coach. So I think, I mean, in my personal note, just so far, and granted, we haven't hired anybody yet. I think Sheila Ford Hamp has knocked it out of the ballpark so far. She has shown that mediocrity will not be accepted anymore the fans deserve better the players deserve better it's time to start building a winning product and the time is now in the nfc north aaron Rodgers is starting to ride off into the sunset kirk cousins is starting to downturn i mean you have the bears who look by all intents and purposes are going to resign trubisky to a (laughs) stupid deal so i mean the time is now for the lions if you're going to make a move and if you're going to either one really build around stafford now is the time or if two, if you're going to jumpstart a rebuild, now is that. Yeah, no, I don't disagree. We'll see. I have a feeling the next two, but by the time we record next week, there's going to be a lot of dominoes, I think, that have fallen in a lot of different areas. Yeah, I'm with you, man. So, I think so, too. Do you have anything else, or should we shut this thing down for the week? Nah, man, I, I don't have anything else. I'm a... I think I've exercised my lion's demons, but I'm sure something will happen and I'll be pissed off and I'll be going on a rant next <laughs> yeah, week. I hear you. So, Stay so tuned. yeah, like we said, if anything breaks with head coaching news and it's not close to our time to record next week, one of us or maybe both of us will jump on and do a quick emergency pod with whatever, whether it be the Lions, whether it be Michigan, whether it be whatever, we'll try to get on and do some kind of emergency reaction thing to it. But until then, we want to thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Please go check out Watershed Voice. Give them a subscription. It's worth every penny. Um, get at us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Please, comments, anything you, you want to see us do, you want to hear us do, anything we screwed up, anything you think we're wrong about, tell us we're stupid. We don't care. We love the conversation. Let's get some conversation going, get it out there, because at the end of the day, this podcast is about interacting with people and, and sharing our opinions and our thoughts about situations and one person's opinion is worthless if you don't get the viewpoints of other people with it so let us know what you think but on any social media platform we're trying to be more active with it and then if you could too please whatever you're listening to us on whether it be 
iTunes, whatever, please subscribe to it, rate us, review us. And that just helps us branch out a little bit further. And the number one thing I always tell everybody, please just tell a friend. Somebody, everybody knows somebody that likes sports. If you're listening to this, you know somebody that likes sports. Tell them, hey, give this a listen. And maybe they like it. Maybe they tell a friend and we grow a little bit more that way. Absolutely. So with all that, have a good week. We will be back next week. Same time, same place. Go blue. Go green.